don't know what to do. What do you mean? Like, what do we say? I don't know. Introduce yourself. You introduce yourself. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast, True Crimes and Story Times. I'm Kirsten. I'm Michelle. And first of all, I'm going to start out with a little bit of a um, like update. Um, if you don't know or haven't heard of, I'm sure you have. Um, in 2017, a couple of girls, Abigail Williams and Libby German in Delphi, Indiana, were found dead in a park. They were by a bridge, Mm -hmm. and um, they had never found the suspect. It's, like, been an ongoing case. For a while. They had a sketch and everything. They only had that one picture of that guy walking mm -hmm. out. The sketch was super detailed, um, but as of, I think, October 28th, this past Friday... Was it Friday? Yeah, yesterday. Um, they do have a suspect in custody. Um, he has not been charged yet. But hopefully, they're, they're, they're going to make a statement on Monday whether or not um, they believe he is the like actual suspect in mm-hmm. the murders. And he does look similar to the sketch mm-hmm. they have. Mm-hmm. So, But it has been like an, on, like, an ongoing thing constantly since Mm -hmm. 2017 like it has not died down at all they really have done a good job like trying to find out who really did this um so hopefully sorry my cat was running in the background (laughs) it made me laugh i'm not laughing at what she's talking about uh hopefully next week um we can give you guys an update whether or not he has been charged for sure i think they arrested him because they they dug stuff up in his backyard or something mm-hmm. that led them to believe that he is the suspect. I don't know what exactly they dug up. They haven't said Probably anything. Probably keeping it close to the chest for um, But, like I said, they're going to announce some stuff on Monday. So. Yep. We just thought that was important to yeah. talk about. Um, hopefully next week we have more information for you guys and we'll let you know, if you haven't seen it yet, what comes about yeah i just want to put that out there halloween is on monday because we're recording on, on saturday mm-hmm. well it was on monday because this will be released friday yeah but um what were you guys for halloween we need to know mm-hmm. <laughs> me and logan dressed up as michael myers and louis strode and austin and i dressed up as bob ross in rob ross's painting <laughs> i'm the painting <laughs> it was super cute um i just waited for kirsten to walk in i'm like standing still and then she just starts busting out laughing. up it was so good my kids are going as batman and wonder woman cute super cute i love that anyway are you ready? i don't have kids my cats are going as cats, cats. because they would kill me if i put something <laughs> on them so Let's jump in, bro. Okay, so today's case, I'm going to be covering the Wineville Chicken Coop murders. 
Okay. Have you heard of this case? I have heard of it, but I have not really, like, dug into it. Okay. It's pretty messed up. I'm not gonna lie. Um, okay. It is pretty touchy. There is some talk of, like, sexual abuse and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, if that triggers you, don't listen to this one. We'll give a trigger warning before it's talked about, I guess. Yes. So, you can just skip ahead or whatnot. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to start with Christine Ida Collins. Okay. She was born in 1888, and she was married to Walter J. Collins, who was actually an ex-convict named Walter Joseph Anson, and he hid that from his wife. She did not know that he was an ex-convict. Interesting. Ex-convict, as in what did he do? Um, I think it was like robbery. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Not not like murder or anything like that, Mm -hmm. but... Um, they got married in September of 1918, and they had a son who they also named Walter. Okay. Walter Collins, the son, went missing from Los Angeles, California on March 10th, 1928, after his mother gave him money to go to a movie. He was 10 years old. The Los Angeles Police Department were under a lot of stress to find him because of how much publicity his case was getting everybody wanted to find walter collins yeah but they had no solid leads he basically vanished and it was also 1928 so yeah they didn't have a lot of technology back then right until one day in decob illinois a boy claimed he was walter Okay. Okay. When the boy was reunited with Christine, she refused to believe that he was her son. I feel like a mother would know. A mother would know. Like, if somebody came up to me and said they were my son, like, I would know that that was not my son. Yeah. Like, you give birth to this thing. thing, This child. Yeah. You would know. I feel like for a guy, it might be a little bit different. Not really. I feel like dads would know, too. Yeah. You just know. I don't know. So, the officer in charge of the whole case w- literally told her to try the boy out to see if he was really her son. She just told you he was Try the boy out. Because he, he, he just wanted the case to be solved. Yeah, he just wanted, like, a Because they were under so win. much pressure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they didn't, want to, they didn't want to be wrong. Yeah. Police never want to be wrong. For real. So, after three weeks of trying the boy out... That's such a bad way to say it. (laughs) I know. She took him back to the police department um, with uh, Walter's dental dental records and told him that there was no possible way that this was her son. Nothing matched up. The police told her because of this, she was a bad mom and she was ridiculing the police department. What the fuck? She literally came to you with the dental records and was like, this is not my son. Here's the proof. Right here. And they're like, oh, you're a bad mom. You're a bad mom. Yeah. Gaslighting. So because of this, they had her committed to a psychiatric ward. What the fuck? Yeah. Under code 12, which is a term used to jail or commit someone who was deemed difficult or an inconvenience again they the could 1920s literally and 30s. commit someone uh, because they were an inconvenience that is insane so because they're not getting their way she was committed to a psych ward also the fact that 
literally she had nothing wrong with her and psych wards especially back then were like absolutely disgusting they you were know how many people everything. died yeah they literally were like just like to anybody just put them in mm-hmm. a psych ward if you were trouble put them psych in a psych ward. ward if you were mentally handicapped psych, psych ward. ward if you were like depressed psych, psych ward. ward yep anxiety psych ward Which no but there so was no worse. depression or anxiety it was all schizophrenia right. though right so then that's why they put everybody in the psych mm-hmm. ward so after further questioning of the boy that claimed to be walter collins her son mm-hmm. police found out that he was actually a 12 year old named arthur hutchins who had run away from his home in iowa and what did the police say about that he was picked up what what had happened was he was he ran away from home mm-hmm. and he was picked up by police when um in what did i say before i totally even forget illinois Mm-hmm. from from iowa that's a pretty far ways yeah and he like he like hitchhiked to illinois Jeez. and then he was picked up by police mm-hmm. and when he was first asked if he was walter collins because they did resemble each other mm-hmm. he was like no like i don't even know who that is who is that yeah and then so the police was like oh we've been looking for this boy blah blah, blah walter collins and then he was like oh he's missing from la oh yeah that's me that's me because he wanted to go to Hollywood so he could meet his favorite actor. Because that's how it works. Right. But he's only 12. I can't blame the boy. He's yeah. 12. He really doesn't know any better. And he ran away from home because he was like being abused. Yeah. So I think he was just trying to find, obviously, Walter Collins. His mom was looking for him because he really cared about she really cared about him so he thought maybe if he went to live with this family and pretended to be Walter Collins, he would right. like, be taken care of. Yeah. But still, so Christine was released from the psych ward Good. after uh, 10 days. And a lot of trauma. Yeah, after Arthur admitted this. And she did file a lawsuit against the Los Angeles Police Department. Rightly so. She won and was awarded $10,800. I didn't, I didn't look up that, um, how much that would be like now. Like the ratio. Yeah, but be. I'm sure it's a lot. Yeah. But... The lead officer never paid. She never got of paid course. that money. So, that's the story of Walter Collins. He's still missing. Around the same time of his disappearance, two other boys went missing from the same area. Mm-hmm. 12-year-old Lewis Winslow and his brother, 10-year-old Nelson Winslow. So, brothers, huh? Brothers. Mm-hmm. They went missing on May 16, 1928 from P- Pomona, California, when they were on their way home from a yacht club meeting. Oh, so they were... Fancy. They were... They had some money. Fancy, fancy. Mm-hmm. So, there's not much information on them or their family. Um, it was just basically that. They went missing. That's it. So, now we're going to talk about Gordon Stewart Northcott. He was born in Bladsworth, Saskatchewan. Canada. <laughs> Bladsworth, Canada. Um, and was raised in British Columbia. Okay. He moved to Los Angeles with his parents in 1924. Okay. That's like 100 years ago. That, that's, that is almost 100 years ago. 98. Yeah. 98 years ago. Um, but 
keep this in mind. The boys went missing in 1928. Yeah. So this was four years prior. Okay. Two years later, 1926, mm-hmm. at the age of 19, Northcott asked his father to purchase a plot of land in the community of Wineville, where he then would build a chicken ranch and a house with the help of his father and his nephew, 11-year-old Sanford Clark. Okay. Okay. Northcott brought Sanford from Bladworth in Canada Mm -hmm. to live with him on his ranch in the United States. Okay. Okay. And he was 11. He was 11 at the time. He brought him to so he could have help on his farm. Right. Upon the arrival at Wineville... Okay, I'm going to put a a trigger warning right here. This is where it's going to get bad. Okay. Um, so, go ahead and skip out of this one, if you are triggered easily. Just skip ahead, or, you know. Upon the arrival at the Wineville Ranch, Northcott immediately began to physically and sexually abuse Sanford. Jesus. 11 years old. And it's his nephew. Disgusting times, too. Yes. So, in 1928... Sanford's 19-year-old sister, Jessie, became worried about his well-being and visited him Visited him at the ranch. Like any older sister would. Right. She's worried about him. It's, his, it's her little brother. Mm-hmm. I do the same. Yeah. First of all, I wouldn't let my little brother go. No. I don't care. Well, in, in her mind, it was going to be better for him. Yeah. Everybody thought at that time, you know, moving to the United States is going to be right. great for and them. And he was going to be living on a ranch. Right. And... With his uncle, mm. you know. So, at that time, Sanford told Jesse that he feared for his life. He was being abused daily. He was not allowed to leave the ranch. Um, Northcott would tell him if he left, he would kill him. It was horrible. Jeez. It was, it was really bad. Um, so, he was like, I need help. Mm-hmm. One night, while Northcott was asleep, Jesse learned that he had murdered four boys at his ranch. What the hell? Um, Sanford told her what had happened, and we'll get into what happened when we get there. Um, so she went home to Canada Mm -hmm. and told their mom what she had learned, what Sanford had told her about. Uh -uh, I would not have left him there. About North, she didn't want Northcott to be suspicious that she knew. So she was like, I'll get it handled. Like, Mm-mm. stay here. I still wouldn't have left him you. there. No, 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 no. I would have bought a ticket and got his ass out of there. So so she went home and told their mom. But what, I get it, why she yeah. did what she did. But this is just me thinking about what I mm-hmm. would do if my little brother was in that situation. Mm-mm, buddy. Come on. We're, we're leaving in the middle of the night. I don't care. We're going to pack everything up and we are going. He also had no real evidence to prove. All he had was, like, what he witnessed and mm-hmm. what he told, ob- which obviously was true. Right. He's not going to lie about it. Right. But he couldn't be like, look, this is what he did. Well, I guess if he moved to the U.S., I don't know how visa things worked back right. then. But you are not allowed to travel outside of the U.S. for mm-hmm. a certain amount of time after you get your visa here. Mm-hmm. Like, right. three years or something, you're not like allowed to, to another leave the country. country. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so, so she went back and told her mom what he told her. Okay. And in September of 1928, Winifred Clark, which is their mom, right. contacted U.S. authorities to tell them that her nephew, 
which was Northcott, mm-hmm. had kidnapped and was holding her son, Sanford Wesley Clark, in California. Okay. At this time, when she called, Sanford was 15. Wow. And Northcott was 21. So he had been there for four years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. On September 15th, 1928, Sanford told investigators that his uncle kidnapped him and had physically and sexually abused him. He also said Northcott had forced him to watch the abuse and murders of Walter Collins, Nelson and Lewis Winslow, and other boys. Uh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about that in a minute. Okay. Um, he said that sometimes he even made him participate in these acts. And obviously, like, he's not going to fight Northcott because he's abusing him. Mm-hmm. He has full control over Sanford at this point. So yeah. whatever he tells him to do, like, he's gonna do. he has to do. Or yeah. else he's literally at risk of being killed himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Northcott abducted boys to rape them. And when he got bored, he would lead them into the incubator room to see hatching chicks and then kill them with an axe. To destroy the evidence, Northcott covered their bodies in quicklime. Which basically dissolves it. Right. I think he he also burned some of the bodies to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Damn, that takes days. Yeah, it was... At a certain temperature, a whole, too. Yeah. Sanford also said Northcott had killed a Latino boy in La Puenta. Okay. They both killed Walter Collins because the boy had seen Northcott help another man kill his mining partner. Okay. Like, like Walter witnessed it, and so they wanted to get rid of the witness. Gotcha. So they killed him. Sanford told the police that they could find graves near the chicken coops for the Winslow brothers and Walter Collins, which is where the name Chicken Coop Murders comes from. Gotcha. Two graves were found, but the full bodies were not there. Only pieces of bone. Of course, because you put quicklime. Right. That gets rid of, like, everything. Mm-hmm. Axes found, among other farm equipment, had human hair and blood on them. You would think they would clean up, but they don't. No. Several bones were scattered across the ranch, which pathologists later determined to be from male children. Inside the house, a book checked out to one of the Winslow boys was found. Also, uh, letters to their parents were written in their handwriting. Um, A child's whistle and several Boy Scout badges were found. Nothing that could be directly attributed to Walter Collins was found. Dang. But if they, if, if he was witness to the murder and that was their whole reason behind it, they probably, like, got rid of him the quickest. Yeah. And so. Especially after it got really, really big, too. Yeah. Because he was, like, I'm sure it was plastered everywhere. So they probably got rid of everything mm-hmm. from him. Northcott's father, Cyrus George Northcott, told police two days later that his son had admitted the murders to him. Well, at least this dad is coming forward and telling police, because some of them don't. His mother, though, had part in the murders. 
Oh. Um, when she learned of the murders, she came to the ranch. Mm-hmm. And you would think, like, the mother would be like, what are you doing? Yeah. Like, why are you killing people? Like, boys. Right. Young boys. Mm-hmm. But we will later find out that she helped him get rid of them. So, she's the bad parent, so she, not the dad. She, no. Um, so, by that time, whenever um, his dad told the police that he had admitted to the murders, mm-hmm. um, Northcott and his mother, Louise, uh, left town. Okay. On September 20th, 1928, Gordon Stewart Northcott was arrested in British Columbia. Mm-hmm. They also arrested his mother, Sarah Louise Northcott in Alberta. Okay. In December, the police took Northcott back to his ranch in an attempt to get more information. While there, he verbally confessed to five murders. Wow. Including the Winslow brothers, Walter Collins, and a Mexican boy named Alvin Gutia. I think that's how you pronounce that. However, later that day, Northcott only admitted to one homicide in a written confession, and that was the murder of Alvin. What? Come on, dude. Also, in December, Northcott's mother confessed to the murder of Walter Collins. She said she delivered the final blow to the boy and then buried him in a hole near the chicken coop. What the hell? Sanford Clark said his grandmother had told them that if they each hit the boy, when then they will be equally guilty if caught. Wow. Sarah Louise Northcott was sentenced to life in prison for the murder of Walter Collins. Gordon Stewart Northcott's trial began in January of 1929. Okay. Northcott fired several defense attorneys and proceeded oh, to Jesus. defend himself. One of those, huh? One of those. That reminds me, there's an ongoing case right now about, um, what's, I can't remember his name, the guy that drove through the parade. Mm-hmm. He's defending himself. Yeah, I know. And it's an oh absolute shit show. Stop Ted Bundying it. And, and they're not smart. And the thing they're, is, at least, I'm not saying just buying anything Ted Bundy did or whatever, or, no, um, but at least he was actually going to school to be a lawyer, right? Yeah, like he knew, <laughs> like he knew laws. <laughs> he knew how to act. And no, I mean, to better, I mean better than this guy. Yeah, but I'm just saying, at least he was actually going to law school, and these guys are just like, I'm gonna Wing defend it. myself. Yeah, and they don't even know the rules of the court. But um, so yeah, he's defending himself. Wow, what an idiot! <laughs> he admitted to abusing young boys because he loved them. And then guess what? Your lawyers would have told you not to say that. (laughs) He even had his mother testify for him. Which, no, that doesn't look guilty or anything after she admitted to killing someone and got charged with it. Right. And, like, she already has been sentenced to life in prison. And she admitted to helping you. Right. So, (laughs) that that doesn't make sense. Nice. Good one. (laughs) She claimed she was actually his grandmother because her husband had raped her daughter, Winifred, and Northcott was Winifred's son. It's like a whole mess. Holy, like, what? All this unnecessary stuff. Like, I don't know what that has Jesus. to do with anything. Mm-mm. Northcott also claimed to have an incestuous, re- incestuous relationship with Sarah Louise and that his father had molested him. Which makes no sense. No. 
North, which I feel like he's just throwing that out there to be like, I was a troubled child. Like, I was yeah. abused. This is why I'm I don't like know. This. Maybe his father did molest him, and that's why he molests younger boys. Because that can continue, like, the cycle. Yeah. It was never know? mentioned in yeah. the articles that right. I read. I'm not saying but... that he's not lying. I'm just saying, like, that could be a part of the yeah. reason. Um, Northcott's defense was rather odd, and it was obvious that he was no, no lawyer. Really? He didn't no know what, what he was doing. He had no end game. He was literally winging it. Nice. Coming up with things, like, as they went. hmm Along with the strange defense, Sarah Louise didn't prove to be a very credible... I lost my place. Witness. witness since the only continuous statement she made was that she would do anything for gordon obviously we've seen that which makes them both look so guilty right i mean <laughs> yes. she would do anything for him I mean, right they already look guilty as hell yeah. they don't even have they don't even have any room to make themselves look more guilty they just look like idiots mm-hmm. so on february 8th 1929 an all-male jury convicted northcott for the first degree murders of the winslow brothers and an anonymous victim which okay. i will talk about in a second um, Judge George R. Freeman sentenced him to death. Good. Although he was convicted and sentenced to death, the families of his victims didn't have closure due to the inability to find intact bodies. Right. They had nothing to bury. They had nothing to... Yeah. Northcott was hanged on October 2nd, 1930. Russian turmoil. Shortly after his execution, the Wineville chicken coop murders were finally put to rest after the citizens decided to change the town's name. They changed it to Miraloma, which means view from the hill in Spanish. I like that name better. Mm -hmm. (laughs) This name change helped the town dissociate from the horrific acts on that poultry farm. I don't blame them one bit for that. So I forgot to put this one in there, but Mm -hmm. the anonymous murderer... Um, yes, the anonymous victim that he was charged for, what had happened was, um, he left the ranch one day, and when he, Sanford was left on the ranch, he never left. Mm -hmm. When he came back, he had a, like a a sack Mm -hmm. with something in it, and he was like laughing, and Sanford was like, what do you have in the sack? And so he opened it up. And Sanford looked inside, and he was like, what is that? Like, it just looks like flesh. Like, is that a dead animal? And it was a decapitated head Mm -mm. of a little boy. Mm -mm. Yeah. That uh, that was the anonymous victim. And they ended up burning the head. Oh, my God. I don't know anything about the body that the head went to. I think it was just left wherever he found the boy. Mm -hmm. There was also another boy that um he tried to get to come back to his ranch with him Mm -hmm. but the boy told him no and like ran off and yeah like anybody would yeah then that's when he found somebody else and decapitated their head so that boy made the right choice then yeah there was a lot more i could have went into a lot more detail Mm -hmm. but this video or this i say that like every time yeah, you do. Episode would have lasted way longer. There's right. so many, like, backstories and ins and outs and mm-hmm. side stories and stuff. Um, 
but that's just the, that was the gist of it um i thought it was pretty gross that is pretty gross it was pretty um not what i expected pretty sad very sad um i thought it was pretty messed up that the police department was really trying to get christine collins to like take this kid that wasn't hers yeah literally she that's said it literally really wasn't hers. fucked up yeah so i hope you guys um i hate saying enjoyed this case but i hope you guys liked learning yeah. about this case not necessarily enjoying it but just interesting yeah to learn about mm-hmm. um if you guys have any case requests or story requests you can email us at tcstpod at gmail.com yep I got it right that time. Heck yeah. <laughs> um, follow us on all of our socials. I'm pretty sure if you just like search up True Crimes and Storytimes literally anywhere, yep. you can find us. Um, now, don't link... get us confused with the True Crime Storytime. It's True Crimes and Storytimes. Yeah. Is us. There's another podcast out there that popped well, up sometime this year. We came first. <clears throat> It doesn't matter. Regardless, it doesn't matter. we're getting our trademark, so <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, but the link will be in our in the show notes yep. if you just want to click on that. And find all us. the sources for this case will also be in the link. They will They'll be in the link in, the, in show the, link. the show notes. Be in the show notes. A Linked link in yes. the show notes. Yeah, you know it. There you go. Listen, I'm tired. <laughs> um, make sure you go listen to what Michelle's story time episode that came out on Wednesday. Yep. It's about the back room. Which I've never heard of. If you've seen it on TikTok, it's everywhere. It's on TikTok. It's just, just go listen to my episode. I go over a few different things about it, but it's gonna probably be a series because there's so much information on it. Honestly, it creeps me out. Like, I never get creeped out by things like Mm -hmm. this, but this one, it fucked me up, bro. I'm excited (laughs) to learn about it. So, we're we always record Kirsten's episode first. Yes. That's why she has yeah, not heard it. Yeah, I haven't about heard it. it yet, but you guys have, and I have once you listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> so, weird uh, yeah. correlation there where time jumping. I know. <laughs> but yeah, we always record Kirsten's episode first. So. She hasn't heard it yet, but she's about to. I'm so. about to. Um, I don't have anything else for you guys. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. <laughs>